Baker, it's Casey. I'm here with TaxSellAcademy.com, and I want to thank you for joining me on this Friday edition of the Tax Sell Podcast. As a reminder, we do post two episodes every single week, one on Mondays and another one on Fridays, so make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform you're using right now so you don't miss out on future episodes. All right, today I want to discuss something that I routinely see happen to brand new tax sell investors, and truthfully, it really upsets me. Because this is the result of good-hearted people that truly want to succeed. I'm talking about forcing yourself into an investment. Sometimes you do it knowingly. Oftentimes, you do it without even realizing it. I've received plenty of pretty sad emails over the years from brand new tax sale investors who simply bought something that they now know they shouldn't have. It's an all-too-frequent occurrence. And when I begin to investigate just a little bit, I'll often discover that it first seems to be a lack of research that caused the issues. Whether it's rushed, inaccurate, or simply wasn't performed, the side effect of a lousy investment always come down to research. But the root cause is often not research alone. The root cause is often brand new, excited investors who want to get involved. And that's admirable. I want people to take action with the information that I teach. I want you to buy properties through the tax sale system. I want you to make money. But you can't do it by yourself. And this goes far beyond working with other people, learning about what you're doing, and that kind of stuff. I'm talking specifically about the fact that you can't just simply learn it today and then go do it tomorrow. There are far too many uncontrollables. You don't control what properties are being sold today. You don't control the amount of competition that there is and ultimately the price. You don't control when the auctions are held or a number of other factors. And the problem that I routinely see is that new investors will subconsciously force themselves into the wrong investment. Oftentimes, it's because they want to meet some sort of timeline they placed on themselves. I'm going to invest in 30 days, even though I don't know what properties are going to be available, if they'll be desirable, or even what they're going to sell for. But I'm going to invest in 30 days. That is an absolutely insane way to look at it. They want to invest so bad that they overlook stuff. They under-research other stuff, or otherwise, they just take the wrong approach. They don't know what to look for. They don't know where to draw the line or what exactly to do. They don't have a process. And they certainly don't have these systems that you need to have in place for everything in this business as it checks and balances of sorts. Many new investors will see a property that might resonate with them. Maybe it was similar to their childhood home. Or, based on the numbers alone, it's a fantastic deal. Or perhaps it's what they think of when they hear about real estate investing. But then they put on blinders and they forget about everything else that they must research too. What usually happens is that new investors want to invest. They pull the trigger and then when they make a mistake after they've made a horrible investment that's when they take the time to learn how to invest. And eventually they will come across some of my videos and I'll get emails from these folks. And let me give you a couple of different examples. 
So a couple of years ago, I was emailed and I was told about this lady who had purchased a condominium for a very low price, something like $8,000. Now, according to her, it had lots and lots of equity and it should have been a very easy sell. Except she got a notice in the mail that the property was going to be demolished in a matter of days. In fact, the entire complex was going to be demolished as it was very dilapidated and it was a drug-ridden complex. But she got overly excited. She hit the bid button before doing the proper amount of research and ultimately she was stuck with a worthless piece of property. The land that she purchased that the condo was sitting on wasn't even of much value since it's controlled by the condominium association. So she sent me the name of the condominium complex. I copied and pasted it directly into Google. And it became pretty obvious to me. In less than four seconds, I went from not knowing the name of the complex to a Google search to dozens of news articles about the complex being demolished because it has been an eyesore in a drug-infested area for the past two decades. One search. Another is an acreage property that somebody bought at a tax sale. It was 10 acres of so-called beautiful pasture land that was valued around $60,000. This according to the property assessor's report, which was the only thing that this new investor looked at before buying. He paid $25,000. But come to find out after the fact, this 10 acres was completely landlocked by a much, much larger farm. Somebody else, one person, owned everything around this property. There was absolutely zero legal access, nor had there ever been any legal access. Apparently, the property was leased to that farm that surrounds it, and they used it. But there was no legal access to that property. Nobody could get to that property except for the owner that owned all of the land surrounding it. All they had to do was pull up GIS. Now, examples like these are plentiful. I hear about them all of the time from people that decide to learn about the whole tax sale business after they have made a mistake. I've actually written about some of them in the tax sale playbook. I always try to remind people that some of the properties that are available at a tax sale auction are available for a reason. That is, somebody decided to not pay the taxes on that property for a very specific reason. An example, the property is going to be demolished next week, or the property is completely landlocked like the two examples I just gave you. Now, not all properties on a tax sale list are bad, of course, but there are certainly many examples. So my advice is this, slow down. Take the time to learn what you're doing, please. Learn from me, learn from a mentor, learn for yourself, but whatever you do, learn. This is not a race, and you shouldn't get into this business if you need to make money yesterday. Develop a method, a process for what you're doing, and then follow it. Don't ever put yourself onto any sort of timeline. Yes, have goals. Goals are fantastic, but do not let those goals revolve around you forcing yourself to buy something. Be patient. Wait for the right deal. 
wait, and then start investing only when the time is right. Do not force yourself to buy something. Listen, the most upsetting emails and messages that I get are the ones about a property that somebody purchased but shouldn't have. And I don't want to get that same email from you. These are avoidable mistakes. They are very avoidable. Every single one of them, they're avoidable. So please avoid the bad investments by slowing down and learning what you're doing. I truly hope that this Friday edition of the Tax Sell Podcast has helped you. This is an absolutely phenomenal business, and I want you to get involved, but I want you to do it the correct way. Please take the time to learn so you don't make mistakes like the ones I mentioned today. For more information on tax sell investing, head on over to TaxSellAcademy.com, and I'll see you Monday for our next episode of the Tax Sell Podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.